My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Good morning, good afternoon. Welcome to my podcast, My Love of Life Energy. And today, um, I have a real treat. And um, every once in a while, I get a client who walks into my room. Well, I fall in love with everybody, but somebody who can teach me as much as I'm teaching them. And that is the great fortune that I've had with my um, new guest on this podcast. And so I welcome um, Joy Selden. She is the author of Emotions. And um, she brings more joy, like she emanates joy. And she is a She's really been a trailblazer in this life for women and for people to wake up to who they are. She's really at the forefront and the head of this game. So welcome, Joy. It's so thrilled to have you here. Oh, thank you very much for that introduction. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. How, um, you know, both of us understand emotions, but you wrote this whole book. How did you understand the power of being with emotions? It was a long journey of me uh, seeking truth in life and first started out with uh, a moment of epiphany that uh, God did not mean for me to be miserable. And in that moment, <laughs> I decided, really? <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I had been an actor uh, for, well, I was a budding career in acting, but I was failing miserably in terms of making a living at it. And I was standing in my living room one day and thinking, you know, I couldn't pay my rent. I didn't. And my rent was $60 a month at that time. That's how long ago it was. And I, I said, I don't know what to do. I just felt completely hopeless. And in the back of my mind, I heard this voice clear as a bell say, God does not mean for you to be miserable. And it was kind of like, yeah, like, well, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. Well, then why am I? And why, why is my whole family miserable? And, you know, why am I here? And what are we here for? And all of this came welling up in me. And I just said, I vowed in that moment to find out what the truth was about life. And then it set me on a journey of seeking uh, that I found over time, one of my gifts was that I was willing to feel the depth of my emotions. No matter how uncomfortable, miserable I was, I would feel them. And by feeling them, that energy would move through me. I would have an epiphany. I'd have a realization, an aha moment, and I would grow. And over time, uh, I realized that the more I felt my feelings, the happier I was rather than trying to avoid feelings, which is so much of what goes on with people. I was going to say, you realize that is um, radical. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know that now. (laughs) You do know that now. Yeah. And, and um, when you said you feel the emotions, I'm sure, like, was it all of them? Or did you have certain ones that you go, no, I'm not going to do these? I, I would feel all of them. And uh, even though I didn't understand them, I mean, now I have a system. Uh, through over the years, um, through my own journey of study and books and, and working with people and coaches and, and, and therapists and all, I have uh, come to understand I, what I believe is pretty accurate, 
the meaning of specific emotions, what emotions are, why we have them and all that. But in those, and back in those days, I remember once that I was, um, I was at the point where it's like, I could feel my shame. I had always been a hardcore perfectionist. And I, I recognized that that perfectionism was a cover up for my shame that I believed mm. that there was something fundamentally flawed with me. Mm. And I actually sat down on the ground in front of a, a tall mirror I had and I looked my I was looking at myself in the mirror and I invited my shame to come forth. Mm. And as I'm feeling it. I suddenly have this thought, well, gee, I don't think anybody else is flawed at the core. Why, why would I be the only one? That's ridiculous. And it just sort of went through me. And all of a sudden, I started to laugh. I felt much lighter. And I recognized that that shame was just really seated in a belief that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. And it would come up again from time to time. But once I had that feeling of that, the depth of that horrible feeling kind of shame and recognizing what I now call toxic shame, that there's also healthy shame. Eventually I read the book, Healing the Shame That Binds Me by John Bradshaw, where he talks about shame being the emotion that tells us we're not God, we're not perfect. We make mistakes, we do things, we, you know, it's messy, right, being human. We all do things that we regret, but it's about remorse. So when I teach about shame, it's either healthy shame, which is remorse, and toxic shame, which is a belief that there's something wrong. And the toxic shame is always a lie. Oh, my God. I love what you just said. It, you said something about that we're not God. Yeah. But what if, I mean, so say more about but, that. But well, now, I mean, you know, that we're, uh, I think in that way that we are not all omnipotent. omnipotent I can't say the word. Uh, omnipotent. Omnipotent. Um, yeah. uh, now I believe in truth, and I don't use I use the term God, Goddess, all that is, because it, or the all that is. I think that we are God. Uh, we are spirit. We are divine. We are a manifestation of the source of everything. There's a, a source of everything. Uh, and we're all part of it. We're all an expression of it, but we're in a very dense form. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, we're, we're living in quick, we're living in quicksand. <laughs> and it's like slogging or, you know, slogging through, but, but anyway, and, and yeah, so that was a, that was an, uh, that was an experience, a really profound experience of feeling something that's that is like the worst that's a shame is like the worst what people avoid the most i think um, how, how does it go with grief like where does grief come into your what ah, did you understand about grief grief is uh the emotion of loss mm-hmm. it tells us that we've lost something that has value to us every emotion has an inherent meaning the primary emotions and loss is an inward moving each emotion has a direction in in my system so it's inward moving it pulls us inward in order to process the loss of something someone that has meaning in our life we we don't feel grief about the death of someone who well we all gee i'm sorry that person died but there can be somebody i mean we don't even know that person but they have such a profound impact on our life when they die we grieve and, and, you know, our Western culture is so 
uh, always trying to go feel better, you know, oh, get over it. It's okay. It'll pass. Go on, move on, you know, get over it. But grief has its own timing. Sadness is something that has its own timing because of the law that depends on the depth of the value that, that the loss um, holds for us. So it's a way of honoring. To me, I might, the chapter in my book, Emotions and Owner's Manual, is a, the sec- section about loss is called Beautiful Sadness. Mm, say more. It's because it, it tells us what has meaning to us. Where mm. our life is about connection. We, that's what's lacking in the world is connection. And that's a problem with people denying their emotions or stuffing them or being overwhelmed by them because it, it disrupts our connection to ourselves and to each other. When we feel our emotions, we're feeling the energy of our connection. So even joy is not the absence of fear or anger or sadness. It's the inclusion of all that when you're authentically feeling them. So sadness is is what tells us what has meaning in our life in, in a way. I mean, other things do too, but it's a beautiful thing to feel grief. You just, <laughs> you just don't want to wallow go. in it. <laughs> yeah, the, I've heard there's, a, what is there, a healthy grief and unhealthy grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can wallow in it and you can kind of be stuck there. You can be stuck in any emotion. I mean, they're rageaholics, people that are just angry all the time because you get stuck in an emotion and then that energy is not moving through you. Well, what do you think causes people to be stuck? We have so much, uh, so much in our society, in the world, I used to think, oh, in the Western, but it's really in the world that tells us that emotions make you weak. There are negative emotions, don't make waves, you don't want to cause a problem. And so we have been trained and and learned how to, that our emotions somehow are a a liability when in fact they are life force energy moving through this, through us. Mm. Like your, your title of your, uh, of this podcast um, that I just love, that is my love of life energy. That's how I feel about emotions. It's life energy that's moving through (laughs) us and it's exciting and interesting, even the difficult ones, we're alive. I mean, my motto is life is richer when you feel it. <laughs> uh, we just deaden ourselves. We dampen down who we are, what's possible for ourselves by when we deny our feelings. Oh, my God. I just, um, I just love what you just said. Life is richer when you feel it. And yeah. it's the truth. Yeah. It is. I mean, I can what feel are, it all right now. Yeah. What are we here for? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Western culture would have you think it's to buy products to make you feel better. Mm. Everything is advertised out there. Take this pill, eat this food, drink this drink, take this course, do it up, feel to in order to feel better. And what I want people to do is to feel. Period. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because I just had the insight that I did all this work just so I could feel better. (laughs) (laughs) But well, that the spiritual work, the personal work, the the personal growth work is, uh, I was saying to my sister-in-law recently, that was so worth it. All the work that I did, because it was, it was not an overnight process with me, but I've distilled what I spent 40 years accumulating and experience and knowledge 
into, into a system so that other people can get it a lot faster. You know, this is Joey, this is where I do see that you are, um, you're so ahead of your times in bringing this understanding to the world. Because I think that people have seen when they don't feel emotions, that their bodies um, get sick yes. if they're not feeling the energy. I don't know if you've seen that. Well, emotions are a biological information system. Hmm. They speak to us through body sensations, our autonomic nervous system. It's, it's the brain, but it's also the cells of the body. Uh, uh, Molecules of Emotion, the book by Candace Pert, which is the research biologist who discovered looking for a cure for AIDS that emotions are in every cell of the body. So emotions speak to us through our autonomic nervous system and in our body. And when we repress them or allow them to overwhelm us and run our lives, then they are straining and putting um, you know, strain on our physical body. And they, if we don't deal with them consciously, then they show up as physical ailments. And, and when you say deal with them consciously, the way that I understand that is I just feel them. I don't try to manage it, judge it. Yes. I just feel it. Is that what you mean? Well, that's, a, that's the, that is at the heart of it is just feeling it. And, and you are an advanced human being, <laughs> you know, you are also ahead of your time. Uh, I, I truly believe uh, in, in this idea of how our thoughts, not, not that you're, no one has talked about thoughts as manifesting, but that what we perceive in life comes from the inside out that, you know, everything we experience is actually just inside of us. And so that feeling the feelings for you, that's enough. For some people, they have to feel them and understand that this thing that I have before called anxiety is actually, oh, there's some anger in there and there's some fear in there. And there's maybe some grief, you know, to suss these out so that they can understand because the emotions are bringing us information in order for us to take some kind of action. Often that action is just our thoughts are changing our beliefs or thinking, but it's also can be tangible and physical. You just said something, and I um, I wanted to see if this is what you see, because I think, and I hadn't heard it through anxiety, I've seen that when people can't be with a certain emotion, they have other emotions to hide that, like what you said about shame. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and anger is a big one that is, uh, now there is what I call clean anger. There's clean anger, and that is not violent. It's not aggressive. It's a boundary setter. Its message is no, this is not okay with me. I don't want this. This goes against my values or what have you. But defensive anger, which is what so much of the anger that we see exhibited in the world that becomes aggressive, is a, is a cover up for it's because we feel fat, we feel energy in our bodies, and there's a, a often a false sense of power when you feel angry uh, for a lot of people. That's how I took it. It's like, well, I feel more powerful when I'm angry, but it's really was covering up either shame or grief um, or fear. I I had, um, when the Ukraine war came out, what I saw was that I felt afraid first and then I felt helpless. Mm -hmm. I didn't see the helpless part. And then I went to rage Mm -hmm. because the rage was, better than the helpless. And I didn't want to feel afraid. Yes. And, and anger can pull you out of fear. You can actually use anger consciously 
to move you beyond fear because fear is contracting. It's inward moving and it keeps you stuck when, you, when you're not aware. But you can actually feel that I many times I have been down in the pits, <laughs> down at the bottom of the well going, oh, help me. And it was my anger, getting angry that actually pulled me out of that, that moved mm. me into action. So it can be very, very beneficial that way. Mm. But then you see a Ukraine and the destruction that's happening and you have someone who's insane, uh, like Putin, who is using anger as an affront, as, an, as a mm. weapon. Oh, wow, Julie. Wow. I just see the power at another dimension of the power of what you're offering humanity. Mm. I just got it at a different level. Wow. I mean, I've seen it. And the, the thing that's missing is we just aren't feeling what we feel. Yes. And yes. it's that simple. It's that simple. It's that self-awareness. I mean, in, in emotional intelligence, the, the, the stages are self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, awareness, and social management. And those are really, really helpful. But without the self-awareness, you know, without being with yourself, you, you can't do the rest. So it's mm. really at the, at the heart. And that's also how we get to know ourselves. That was the bigger, like, oh my God, this was, that was the huge epiphany for me is when I realized, oh, by fully experiencing my emotions and appropriately expressing them, where I, I create safety or have safety in expressing them, I learned who I was. Say more. That's fascinating. Well, we have, uh, I, you know, like I'll have clients and they'll have they come to me through work stuff, but they end up, we always end up with the personal, right? <laughs> the mother, the mother-in-law, the parents, the father, the sister, you know, whatever, that's driving them crazy. And they're holding back because it's family, so they don't want to express it. And, and what they're doing is cutting off a part of themselves. When I recognize that by expressing my emotions, I learned, oh, this is, this is a uh, I'm expressing my value here. Oh, no, wait a minute. This emotion that's coming up is my own yada yada. I would, my husband and I, when we got married, we, we not long after we agreed to have talk time once a week. And we made an agreement that we would, if we had anger to express to each other, we would ask permission first. So we would create safety. And so when one of us, when I'd get angry, sometimes it was like, yeah, he, he had his behavior. Um, he would apologize. He said, yes, you're right. I did that. And I'm sorry. And, you know, we'd be cool. Other times I express my anger and I go, oh, this is my insecurity speaking here. This is my oh, wow. beliefs that are holding me stuck speaking here. And I would recognize that. And I'd be the one that go, oh, I'm sorry. I was making you wrong. When I'm the one who was maybe not wrong, but I was in a dis coming from a dysfunctional belief. Oh, wow, Joey. I just saw, um, th there's a woman I, I take writing classes from, and she says, you know, you'll, you fall in love with your, yourself. And what I'm hearing you do is that you see your truth. You feel your truth. Yeah. And it was really hard to fall in love with myself, but I did it. 
(laughs) 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 I mean, I, my name is Joy, right? And I changed the spelling from J-O-Y to J-O-Y-E in my high school French class because I couldn't handle J-O-Y. I felt like a phony because I was not joyful. So my nervous system was entrained to create barriers because I didn't feel safe in my family life. And so when I was moving out, spreading out and learning about joy, it was like, it was uncomfortable. I mean, literally my body would be just go, you know, (laughs) (laughs) my nerves would be on edge when I would, because it's expansive and joy is this flow of energy. And I had to learn to tolerate that. And eventually, though, because I was allowing all the emotions to flow, I experienced more and more flow. And then I just became naturally more joyful. And you remind me of, um, God, I can't believe I'm going to say it. It's almost like a, a star or a Christmas tree with all the ornaments and lights on it all lit up like you know those gigantic Christmas trees uh-huh. that have everything on them that are sparkling yeah that you can see from a long distance away uh-huh but all the ornaments are each of the emotions that you can be with oh beautiful I love that but there's this solid core yes yes that holds them all that holds them all and they light up when they want your attention. <laughs> or maybe oh they shine God. a little brighter. Over here, I'm, you know, I'm calling you. I like a few days ago. Uh, recently, I just I, I realized I was procrastinating about doing certain things that I knew I wanted to do and it would be good for me. And I realized, ah, that's a sign that there's hidden fear. And fear mm. can be so subtle, it can really be stealthy, you know, low key. <laughs> underneath the surface and I and I read I said okay what is the fear and I sat with it and it was like oh I'm afraid of my own power Mm -hmm. and I think that's true for a lot of people and women in particular because we have gotten the message that we don't count as much as men and this Mm -hmm. is not against men this is the systemic patriarchy um and many men suffer from, we are all suffering now from this imbalance in the world that's happening. But you, you one time said to me, and this is a, a segue, but you one time said to me that the biggest issue isn't race, it's gender. The, and I, can you talk about that? Because you just pointed to it right there. Yes. Yes. It, I really believe this. It's the imbalance of the masculine and feminine that's embodied through we're gendered beings for a reason. You know, God, the, the source, the original source had to my sense, my, the mythology for me is its source divided into feminine and masculine energies so it could create, so it could manifest. It needed two parts in order to, to do that. And so the, the, the masculine, we, we can look at the stereotypes of the, the hunter gatherers, you know, the women, are uh, noticing the whole of the society and the men are the hunters seeking food and shelter and sustenance. And so there's a combination of these two things that need to work in synergy together, but they have become separated. Whereas we started with the matriarchal cultures and then we switched to the patriarchal cultures, but that's been dominant for way too long and it's gotten 
you know, when you, when you don't have, they say in, in ecology, you don't have enough variety, you don't have healthy uh, plants. Like if you have all of one kind of apple, they do not thrive as well as if you have 15 different kinds of apples living around each other. They, they have different needs. And so as people, we need diversity. We need variety. We need the masculine and the feminine to, to work together in synergy. But when the masculine becomes dominant and it is that controlling and devaluing the other half of society, then, then we have all this dysfunction that shows up on both sides. Mm. Mm. God, I just, I can feel the truth in that. And, and the way that I say the masculine and feminine that we've talked about it is fem, feminine is the formless energy before mm. thought. Mm -hmm. And the masculine is just thought, the formed. The form. But we yeah. don't revere the, the God in us, the mystical. Yes. And we don't revere the formless. Mm -hmm. The, the and God, I mean, oh, you know, don't get me started. On <laughs> I was raised in the Southern Baptist Church. Yeah, but, and I'm not talking God like in the church, but the yeah, spiritual side the, the of spiritual, us. yeah. When I discovered metaphysics, it was like, hallelujah, that it just opened up so much to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the women feel, I, I don't know that that's true, but, you know, women... I don't know if it's true. I think we both feel, but when we we cut off the feminine, we cut off the feeling. Yes, and it's not that men don't have emotions. Yeah, no, we all have emotions. We have to. That's how we sustain women. And and this is a. I understand it's a generalization, but from what everything I've observed, um, that women tend to process our emotions in the re context of relationship to others. Mm. And men tend to process them more internally. Mm. And so the idea of coming out and processing emotions with others is foreign to them. Mm. And so they, they, they hold back mm. and then they try to control or they try to fix women because they don't understand that, that just feeling the feelings with other people without having to necessarily do anything about it. Way back to what you said about feeling and feelings, you just feel them. Yeah, I just feel like um, it's like a big, uh, like if you have a big balloon that's about to pop, and if you just open up and feel it, it all goes back. Like it just lets it all out and feels. Yeah, it won't pop. Yeah, yeah, the flow. <laughs> oh, Joey! Wow. Wow. Okay, so we are almost coming to our end. And I can't believe this is the fastest I think I've ever. <laughs> I, um, I, I want to know how do people find you? And how do you love to work with people? What do you love to do? I, I love one-to-one uh, -one coaching. I, I like doing workshops. I haven't done workshops since the pandemic started, but I will be getting back to that. And I may be creating something online, but I do one-to-one uh, -one coaching. And if people wanted to have a uh, complimentary consultation with me, they can go to www.joytotherescue.com. J-O-I-E. My name is spelled like joie, joie de vivre. Joytotherescue.com. And that takes you straight to the calendar. You can schedule in a half hour consultation. I also have a course, uh, Emotions at Work, and you can go to my website, and that's an on-demand 
fantastic. I have to say, if I say so myself, it's fantastic. Um, I have a wonderful platform and great people that I'm in partnership with who did all the technical stuff. So it's on a very good platform called Emotions at Work. And you can go to my website, joyselden.com, J-O-I-E-S-E-L-D-O-N.com. Uh, if you want my book, <laughs> this isn't too much. Uh, my book is on Amazon and it's Emotions and Owner's Manual, or you can search my name. It's an audible.com, audio, print, and Kindle whatever version. And it's a workbook. It's information, but there are exercises and guided visualizations and all kinds of goodies in it. And I, I, um, uh, Joey's the real deal. I just want to say that. Like I, I, I've been around this world too long and you know, the real deal. And so if you get to work with her, she is the real deal. And she has a huge gift to offer the world. I mean, massive gift, and it's what's needed because we don't understand emotions and we don't understand the power, but she does. So I just really want to thank you for the work that you've done in this world because I know it's liberating things. Thank you. Thank you for your beautiful words, and I, I accept them. Um, I spent a long time um, going through the journey myself and then working with people for the last 20 years. and. It, it, I just keep growing. I keep learning. That's one thing I find fascinating about life itself and about emotions is that there's always something uh, uh, to learn and to experience. And honestly, the more you embrace your emotions, the more joy and fulfillment in life you'll experience. I've seen it over and over again. So thank you very much for this opportunity to be beautiful. with you in this way. Thank you. Thank you. I really love the jury.